In this second episode, we talk about how our own human behavior becomes one of the key risk factors for fraud. Why is it important to us as individuals, but also to the organizations we are responsible for? What are the key success drivers of the human factor? And of course, also some easy next steps to implement. Great to have you here. Corporate integrity, fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor. Corporate integrity matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be an integrity enthusiast, a game changer, a business leader, or on your way there. I'm your mentor when it comes to corporate integrity and ethical leadership with impact. Founder of the Corporate Integrity Concepts and the Corporate Integrity Academy. With the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability, yours and the one of your organization. Why? Because corporate integrity matters. Let us make the world a place of corporate integrity and ethical leadership. And now, let's dive into the secrets of how we all have the potential of being a risk factor. We all should keep in mind why this topic is important for us, because if we do not, it could destroy our reputation organizational value, and for those of you caring about finance, it will also decrease our margins and profits. And I think that's important enough to protect. As you might already have heard in the last episode, my professional journey started in 1992, and since then I'm exposed to hundreds, if not thousands, of real cases out in the field. I am observing how the new technologies are blamed Sorry to say that, but digitalization did not start a few years ago. It all started decades before. The intense discussion with my peers, my clients, but also within our integrity circle underpins the importance of the topic. And if, if it is important for them, I think it could also be important for you as a listener. That's the reason why I like to bring the topic here too, and not to keep it in our community only. As most of the topics questioning behavior, also this one is a sort of a taboo. Managers often don't like to talk about, especially not in public. It is much easier to blame technology, processes, than agreeing that also we, as a human, could have fraudsters in our rows. We don't want to blame people. We rather like to find it in the technology. 
often it is seen as a failure if we do not have the right people in our teams. The taboo is just one part of the neglect of neglecting what is going on. But also the excuses why it cannot happen to us is very common. And I always have to smile by myself because it could happen to everybody. It remembers me back to the days at school when the excuses were not as creative for being late. You remember? But I can tell you, it could really happen to every organization, every exposed um, person, every business leader. And you will hear a lot of cases during the upcoming episodes too. Of course, always fictive, but with the patterns you understand what's going on. And even more details in our Corporate Integrity Academy are discussed. Or if you are already a part of a board or a C-level, also in our Integrity Circle. I would like to put the fact of we as humans are a risk factor in fraud into the big picture. Because it's not that easy. Because from a responsibility aspect, it definitely sits at first hand on board and executive level to supervise, give direction and lead a team and organization. It is the so often recalled tone at the top. When we have a look at the processes, we have to make sure that we bring the knowledge in at the very beginning and monitor it on an ongoing basis. So also processes are key. Be careful and aware of the fact that as a human, we are a so-called Swiss army knife, the secret weapon, which could also harm and injure if not properly used. And for all the ones who know the different functionality of a Swiss army knife, exactly know what I'm talking about. It is a matter of corporate culture, how the perspective on the human behavior, Swiss army knife, within the risk management is set. For me, the power of human being is demonstrated at the client's organization. And I would like to come up with the first fictive case here in this podcast. So sit back, imagine a more than 60,000 employee big company, privately held and still led by the founder in the first generation. They are globally active. She, as the founder, strives for integrity and is an entrepreneur by heart. She loves what she does and she has a big vision. And she already mastered a lot of challenges before. She wants to be the best in class and therefore they already implemented. First, a compliance management system, an internal control system, and of course the four eyes principle, which is part of it. And also when it comes to signature power, they follow best practice. So basics are done and even more with the comprehensive compliance management system. But when it comes to the essence and we talk about the details of the code of conduct, which, which is just one element, but a key element I will always bring up again because it's so important that we understand what, it could, what could happen if we don't have one. The code of conduct for that organization is in place. Everybody understands it differently. What happened there? 
What kind of risk is the founder and her organization exposed to? Just reflect about that, that you have a code of conduct and nobody understands what's written there. The daily business life, how they understand to conduct business, overrules the good intention of the founder. But what happened? How was that possible? I would like to analyze the fictive case on different levels. On three different levels. First one, pressure. We have to question what is the missing part or was the missing part. People were not asked during the implementation phase, nor when they set up the code of conduct. Nor did they understand how the code of conduct impacts the business and their role and function. We, as a business leader, cannot take it for granted that our employees understand what we have in mind, especially if it's not clearly formulated. It's just impossible for them. And I think sometimes also our peers do not understand what we have in mind as long as we are not able to formulate it and bring it to paper or screens or whatever these days. Meaning means also the implementation phase did not cover all the necessary aspects. The key elements were missing. It was just not on the radar. They were not aware of what is missing and it was not done consciously, of course. If they would have known what happens out there with this code of conduct or better what does not happen, they would of course have taken um, another path to do so. This was pressure. The next one is corporate culture. Corporate culture shapes behavior and the key questions to be asked, which are just initial ones, are people allowed to be critical? Or is it an issue? Do people get enough information to do their job? Are they able to do their job? Do people care about their duties and responsibilities on a more holistic level and not only for their single tasks? Or is it maybe a culture of it's none of my business or it's none of your business, you don't need to know more? Can employees trust their co-workers, superiors and owners? And if not, why not? These are just a few initial questions to start with when we talk about corporate um, culture. More would be needed if you really intend to work on your corporate culture and take it seriously. What I hope you do, of course. The next one, the next aspect I would like to analyze is the risk intelligence. Very often it is on sleep modus as I often see out in the field. But why is that? Because it's so natural that we would have that specific risk intelligence inside ourselves, everybody, but we don't use it. How is the maturity level of risk intelligence on an individual and organizational basis? And I would always start with us as an individual. Because in organizations are made up by individuals. And if we do not have the risk intelligence on an individual level, we won't have it on an organizational one. And does a speak-up culture exist for that? Because that's also part of risk intelligence. 
And if so, that the culture exists, what is implemented and are the employees aware of it? And now here we also go back to the first one with the code of conduct. Do they understand it? If we have a speak up culture, do they know what the processes would be? And if or are they protected? And beside these three focus topics we covered right now, pressure, corporate culture and risk intelligence, I would also like to mention that we all are biased. We are sometimes also so social engineered on a daily basis. We are often tired and not adequately trained, which costs us and our company and our fortune if we don't do so. And a lot of employees are not able anymore to trust their int intuition because they don't know how to. And it's also not, um, it's also not an appreciated characteristics within the corporate world. And here I think we have to work, uh, work on. But last question and final tip, how are we now going to implement what we have heard into our practice, into our daily life? I always suggest to make it as tangible as possible. Otherwise, we all know we as humans do not get into action. The following three easily, easy applicable steps could be implemented without asking for a large investment budget. And it will already work towards awareness and prevention. And that's what we want to achieve. So, let's analyze your current situation. What do you know about the topic? What are you doing, or we as an organization, of course, it's always me or the organization, and how actual are the information? Do we have the knowledge to do so? Then our human behavior is the key critical factor. What kind of goals are we setting ourselves? What is the minimum target to be achieved by every leader, by every business leader? See the example and case study we discussed before within our organization and by when. So a goal without target and a deadline is just a wish. That was said by a friend of mine and I can fully support that. And what are the measurements to be taken? What do we need to implement and by when? What kind of investment decision should be taken and who? might be the sponsors, because not having a sponsor is quite difficult in a corporate environment. So the most important learning for this episode is rather a question I offer you as a take-home assignment, and for those who heard the first episode know that I will always serve you with such a reflection question. Is the human potential underestimated? And when we talk about risks, we always have an upside and a downside. I am convinced that the individual and organizational risk intelligence is not yet enough empowered to protect the assets and the reputation. How do you rate it in your environment? Last but not least, sensitizing needs improvement too. Are we aware? The awareness is still missing and this leads to a collective missing knowledge base, which, is all, which also hinders the implementation of the measurements. 
Because if you are not aware, I think you can also not expect that your employees can understand the code of conduct. Repeating the three key elements steering human behavior related to fraud risk I talked about are pressure, culture, the corporate culture, and risk intelligence. If you take the first initials here, it is a so-called PCR test, which has nothing in common with the actual pandemic, but rather how we protect our business, our stakeholders, and our shareholders. This was episode number two of The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. Following the belief, corporate integrity secures and empowers individuals and organizations. Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. That's it from my side. I thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stiernimon and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye.